0: GSD Leader, I wanted to take a quick break from the show to share something super important. Did you know that employee wellness is killing businesses? According to research, 50% of employees miss one to five hours of work every week due to stress. So I'm excited to announce that we just launched a new workshop called Walk and Work. And no, we're not going to be walking and working the entire time. That would be kind of crazy. Walk & Work is an easy solution that offers an in-person workshop and program that boosts employee health, wellness, and engagement. This interactive workshop takes employees through our seven-step process to establishing healthy habits while working, from home or from the office, so they can be productive while also taking care of themselves. Employee wellness at work is proven to have major benefits. Numerous studies show that healthier, happier team members are more productive in life and business. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. Your actions and decisions today will shape the way you will be living in the future. If you'd like to learn more about this workshop, visit walkandwork.co and schedule a time to chat with one of our GSD experts. That's walkandwork.co. Now let's get back to the show. This is crazy what he's about to show y'all, just so you know. Like, I'm like... Will you please tell everyone this because this kind of thing could have saved your life too. Yeah,
1: so en- <laughs> enough of you have it right now to be able to at least share with everybody else that's around you if they don't see it. Um, but in recognizing that I have ADHD, I actually just figured this out in like January, um, I ended up, um, started meditating, doing a couple other things to actually like help with like the focus and the calmness and everything. and. Previous to, uh, like actually in September, I had left my full-time job as an area sales manager with a local beer distributor. Um, most of you guys know Putten bay Lake Erie Islands, you know, big party island. That was part of my territory. The place was crazy. Um, after I started meditating, I actually got a notification from my uh, health app that my respiratory rate had changed. So like it's showing me the good things that I'm doing to actually like help with the focus and help with the calmness and all that. But then I started looking at some of my previous trends as far as my um, uh, heart rate goes. So if you look at those photos, you will see my average resting heart rate, like when uh, putting base spikes in the summer, my heart rate is like through the roof, like my average resting heart rate. And then you see it all just calm right back down. Uh, So there are two years in there and then there's one single month in there where I actually pulled the data because I had to use a control point to figure out whether or not like, this was that job or was it like, all of the other events that we're doing because you know, from our bartending business, we're doing 150 events a year. So I pulled a Saturday that we were doing five events that day and if you look at that month, that is the lowest that my heart rate was the entire month because I was calm. Like I'm running around like a psychopath trying to make sure that everything's going well with these events, but that was the calmest I was the entire month So like those actual data points on there like are incredible to actually see. Do you use the sleep too? I love the sleep. I have not messed with it that much. Um, As of right now, like not, I've realized that like not having that job plus uh, the bartending business, like I now have a lot more free time. So like I will wake up at five o'clock in the morning and then like I just can't go back to sleep now. So it's like the, like I have to realize that like I need the exercise. I need to do all of the other cognitive stuff to like help with the ADHD to like be on a normal schedule and a normal routine and actually have goals that are accomplishable.
0: Tell them about the fire engine and the blood, like the machines.
1: Oh yeah, there was uh, there was one day that I actually got, um, I had I actually had to take an airplane from put bay to Middle Bass Island to set up uh, this promo and whatever else for this event that was just beyond my control and the whole day was just crazy, and I realized that day like that was a. Like I recognized that like, my blood pressure was through the roof. As soon as I got off the island, drove back home, I drove straight to the Maumee fire station, where I had the deputy chief hook me up to the um, blood pressure monitor, and my blood pressure was 156 over 117. And then the next day I went and tested it, and it was like 120, 121 over like 79. So like back to normal, but like if you have a job that is like actually killing you, like you have to like be very mindful of like your health and, and everything else that's going on, especially like in the event industry, because um, everything is high stress, high pressure, um, and you're doing a lot of people pleasing.
0: He was showing me several graphs of like the different days, and those are the types of things that like a watch or your phone, but you have to turn it on and you have to set it up. And the, the thing that sucks with Apple is they make you think, at least again, this is what I believed in my head, that if you go buy a computer or a phone or a watch, like it'll just magically be set up in the cloud and it'll magically turn all this shit on, right? Until your computer crashes and you have nothing and then you go to iCloud.com and then the rep on the phone says, well, did you have your time machine mapped to a hard drive? or to the time capsule. And I'm like, what's that? (laughs) You know, I learned all this stuff the hard way. (laughs) I'm like, why don't they tell you these things when you walk out? And so these are the types of stories that make people pay attention differently, where it really could save your life. I do encourage you to watch the keynote on YouTube from Apple, because they start off with the watch, and like, it's was it your watch, or was it just your phone that told you that?
1: Um, it was a notification from the health app that the respiratory rate had changed, and that was with okay. all the, like, the meditating and everything else that I had been doing.
0: Welcome, it's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled, and I'm so excited. I'm in Chelsea, Michigan today, and if you're wondering why we have a backdrop of a bathroom, I'm gonna show you up close in personal details later but it's all about the wallpaper (laughs) it's not about anything you're not coming to the bathroom with me but you are coming to the bathroom with me okay you'll see later but today we have a special guest we're doing a workshop here in the community and i'm excited to have a business owner and operator brennan he was great i could tell immediately on our zoom you can just tell who the oranges are and i'm like okay he's so orange I mean, you cannot be not orange and own a bartending and like a mobile bartending company at that. So it's not just like bartending. It's, it's a whole nother ball game when you're moving things back and forth. So I'd like for you to tell everyone who's watching and listening, if you are here, thank you so much for your time. How did you start your business?
1: Uh, So I was actually in college. I was bartending at a local bar. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up having uh, two of our regulars. It was a Monday night dart league. I mean, you know, a couple of real cool guys that um, Chad was actually the first one. They got married down in Mexico, um, asked me to bartend the wedding. So I was like, okay, cool. Not a problem. I can do that. And then I also still was able to uh, make my shift at the bar later that night because I didn't start that night until like midnight. Um, So I did Chad's (laughs) wedding. Two jobs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I was able to do Chad's wedding. Uh, they, you know, at the end of it, you know, when all was said and done, like I made some great money, I had a ton of fun with a lot of people that I already knew. Um, and then really kind of realized that like that's, you know, outside of working in a in a facility in an actual like bar and restaurant, I'm able to actually go out and, you know, serve people at venues that don't traditionally have, you know, services on site.
0: So mm-hmm. I really kind
1: of saw a business opportunity there.
0: And how did it all start? If you, you, like, you saw a need, mm-hmm. and today it's like, who do you service? It goes back to what did you do first, and you saw that burning desire of like, ah, oh, this feels good, this feels right, like, yeah. let's do this. So yeah. how'd you do it?
1: So, you know, when it, after I had done Chad's wedding the first time, you know, the, the next one I did um, Marv's kid's wedding. Um, That was a ton of fun as well. And then I was like, okay, like we can really do something with this. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've always, I've always done a whole bunch of different entrepreneurial stuff when I was younger, um, from selling t-shirts to mowing lawns to, you know, basically anything and everything I I could do to to make some money. Uh, And, uh, you know, after that second wedding, I had gotten some business cards made up. It was just, you know, Brennan Stanford, professional bartender. Like here's Uh my personal email. Here's my phone number. Um, I had done a couple word of mouth events, you know, through that. And I was, mind you, I was still in college at the time. Uh, so then the year after that, I literally just bought BrennanStanford.com. Okay. Promoted myself as a professional bartender. Uh, we booked 16 weddings that year. Um
0: so but was it because of the website or did you even put up a website or you just bought the url
1: so i bought the website built the website okay when i was in when in high school and into college i had some i originally went to school for management information systems okay um and then realized that i didn't want to be tied to a desk for the rest of my life Mm. and sitting there programming databases uh so i ended up um you know buying the website just Doing that, and then with all of the SEO stuff, And I mean, mind you, I started this business 16 years ago, I mean, mm-hmm. so the, the internet before has changed. Before
0: Facebook, and before all the social media.
1: Uh, we actually were one of the first universities to have Facebook. Yes, uh, Bowling Green State University was one of like the first 50 or something like that. Really? Yes. Oh my um, gosh. So I was able to do a little bit of like self-promotion on there, yeah. and like a little bit of that stuff. Um, But getting that website and really pushing that kind of kind of turned things around, you know, like I said, I mean, and then it just kind of organically grew from there. Yeah. Um, You know, after that, I ended up with a job with a beer distributor. Um, I ended up in, you know, 11 and a half years there, eight and a half years in management.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But, you know, just really realizing, like, you know, not only having a full-time business or full-time job with Mm -hmm. benefits and all of that, which is great. And then just the bartending business was just organically growing at that point, mm-hmm. you know. So, just the the social media aspect of it, you know, the the web aspect of it, really kind of drove a lot of it. And mm-hmm. then also really realizing that there wasn't a lot of other services in the area at that time anyway. Mm-hmm. And we kind of you know really were the, the leader on, at the beginning of the whole thing. You especially a in need. The
0: area. Mm-hmm. There was a need, and you saw a need. Mm-hmm. So what was, what was the breaking point where you're like? Okay, I need to hire people and I need help and I need other bartenders and I can't do it all by myself. What what did that look like? What was that shift in your life? Like what did that look like?
1: It's been kind of back and forth a lot because, you know, the the service industry is hard in itself because mm-hmm. you get a lot of people that they want the quick cash, they want the, they want all of that, um, but they also want to have lives outside of that. They don't want mm-hmm. to be stuck behind the bar every night. So you know, I started to lean on friends, I started to lean on like family members. Um, my, I'm the oldest of four boys and then the next one in line after me um, is a tremendous help with everything that we mm-hmm. do. I mean, he, he does a lot of our operation stuff and a lot of the bartending. Okay. Um, but really kinda, you know, figuring out that like the bigger the events get, the more people that you're gonna need. Yeah. And then to figure out that a lot of people, you know, a lot of events, I mean, at this point, we're doing up to like five weddings on a Saturday mm-hmm. in any given, you know, busy month. Um, but really realizing that like you need those other people that are very, very good at what they do that can can fill in you know, where, where I might not be as strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I can manage all of the craziness, yeah. but you know the, I need other people to handle the, the stuff that I can't necessarily or don't necessarily want to do.
0: Do you assign people to do those tasks that you're like, I'm not good at or I'm just shouldn't be doing this like, or I, you're still like, I just need to do it myself.
1: I am learning how. Yes. <laughs> I am absolutely learning how um, to let go of that control um, mm-hmm. of my baby. I mean, like I've been yeah. doing this for 16 years now. Um, to, to let go of that control and give it to some other people at times has been um, a little difficult. But I'm realizing mm-hmm. like other people's strengths and kind of where, where I need to utilize people in the tasks that I need them.
0: Mm-hmm. What's like the, I mean, being bartending, alcohol, like what is the craziest story or the craziest thing? Because you know, I mean, every event we do, I feel like, I mean, we, I keep a note on my phone. And by the end of the night, I'm like, damn. Um, I mean, the books and the stories and the podcast that we could just share. But was there something that was just like completely out of your control or people who just drank too much or... Anything crazy? Um, we. I mean,
1: I've seen tons of stuff at weddings. I mean, weddings specifically. Um, usually, people get rowdy. Um, I've been in keg tossing competitions with bridal parties. I mean, like yeah. I've I've seen everything under the sun. Um, you know, but you know, at the point that I'm in my life now, and just everything that I've learned over the years, um, you know, I am very very big on all of the insurance and all of the liability yes. and so much of that because unfortunately, like when I was uh, bartending when I was in college. I was 21 years old. Um, ended up having to uh, deal with some uh, potential legal action because uh, a kid that it was his 21st birthday. Um, he came out with uh, you know our DJ and some of his friends. They were bouncing back and forth between a couple bars, and unfortunately uh, he died of acute alcohol poisoning that night. So I had to deal with um, police statements and all this other stuff. So
0: you were young mm-hmm. oh my god were you freaked out
1: uh, I was terrified I yeah. mean you know kid just went out to go have a good time on his birthday and yeah you know ended up dying because he drank too much yeah um, so you know to, uh, on top of that uh, I also had um, I've testified in DUI cases mm-hmm. um, I've been subpoenaed to you know to hint, you know deal with that stuff and then I bought my first house in August of 2017 uh-huh. Uh Closed on my birthday, so happy birthday to me. Yeah. Uh, Moved in mid-September, and then November 11th, a month and a half after I've been there, I had a drunk driver come through my backyard doing $90,000 worth of damage to my backyard. And then had a contractor steal $17,000 from me and file bankruptcy. So, yeah.
0: Okay, y'all. First off, thank you for sharing all of this, because when it rains, it pours. Mm Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just, you know, looking at you and, like, your energy, it's like you would never know. But if someone comes to you and says, like, oh, we don't have this license or we don't have this insurance, but it's shit like that that happens to us where we're, like, never again. Mm -hmm. And it forces us to look further and to put policies and procedures in place, which is not the fun part, but it's needed.
1: Very much so. Very, very much so, so. is
0: that why you're, I mean, I'm assuming why you're such a stickler about specific things is because you need to make sure, well, obviously that your business is covered legally, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's pretty impactful.
1: Very much so. What,
0: uh. what changed in your business when these things happened other than the paperwork portion? With the people portion,
1: uh, the, just making sure that everybody is very aware of what can actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you know, they see alcohol as is the, the fun side of it, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it really is. I mean, it's it's fantastic. I mean, we were high volume, you know, big personality, you know, big event, great time, um, you know, style business, and uh, and people also have to realize that there is, you know there's a there's a fantastic side to it but Mm -hmm. then there's also like you still have to talk about the important stuff that is Mm -hmm. like this is what can happen and you just want to make sure that you're covered and prepared and everything Uh, we make sure that every single one of our bartenders goes through serve safe training um, Mm -hmm. to make sure that they know you know how to handle people that are intoxicated or to notice the signs of you know intoxication but you, know, you also have to combine that with still making sure that people go out and have a great time because you're there to celebrate a special event. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, and that's what we wanna do is we wanna celebrate the special events, but also while understanding that like, there's, still a, there's still a liability aspect to it that yeah. you know, is very important.
0: I would say one story, I don't know, there's so many, but I'll never forget this venue owner and this client, they had to have bottled beer. And they had a policy at this venue, no bottled beers. And I mean, it was everywhere, like no bottles, no bottles. They wanted to have kegs. And this family was like, absolutely not. We're not even putting beer in a glass. They wanted the bottles and they wanted these koozies. And so because of who the client was and because the owner of the venue really liked the client and he, he kept on and on and on, he's like, the reason we don't is because people throw their bottles and then if our, uh, they had this big John tractor, John Deere tractor, mm-hmm. if they run over the bottles, it ruins it, and glass goes everywhere. It's just a bad And so after he told me that, I was like, oh, well, I get it. And, of course, the client's like, my guests aren't going to do that. My guests would never throw the bottles out into the grass or the pool. It was around a big pool, and he mm-hmm. was like, things end up in the pool. It's ruined our, I mean, they had stories, right, of why this was a policy. But he chose the owner to break the policy. Now, on Monday, when the guy comes to do his like whatever weekly mow the grass, guess what? Ended exactly what happened before. Happened. And so, when you're the planner, they're gonna come back to me and say, I know you, we had a, many discussions about this, but at this point now I need your client to buy me a new tractor. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's like, the whole point of the story is like sometimes you should tell people why there's something and so that they understand where it's like, we're professionals. We've been doing this nearly, I mean, you for almost two decades i have been doing it for over two. We just kind of know at this point, but it's still important to like communicate to people why you, you don't want to do those things. And so then it, I mean, it got, it didn't get super ugly, but it could have gotten ugly if my client had not been so gracious to say, you know what, I totally understand. It was a policy. You broke it for me. And so what can I do to, like, make it right? So he mm-hmm. totally took ownership of it. And then he's like, who did it? Because they had cameras. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You can, so, there's, you, you're going to have a hard time not getting caught anymore. Uh-huh.
0: So we know exactly who it was, at what point, And then the person's like, that is not me. And I'm like, okay. Clearly, we're all drinking. Let's just take ownership that there is a reason that we don't do these things kind of thing. So, you know, it's... It's those types of situations that when someone tells you there's a process, like there's a reason, you know, and to ask why. What What is the craziest request for any party that you guys have done, for like a signature drink or, hmm. like, what what's like really impactful or so the crazy?
1: Um, we've done some fun stuff where yeah. we'll. I mean, we had to get we had to do a paloma for a client, um, which I absolutely love palomas. Yeah, did too, um, especially fresh palomas uh i think it was like the guest count was like upwards of like right around 300. um super hot wedding in july so it was you know in a barn um so it was you know just it logistically um
0: challenging challenging in the first place (laughs) absolutely
1: Um, but then i think we ended up having to get because they wanted everything fresh so we had to get like five gallons of fresh squeezed grapefruit juice we had to get like three gallons of fresh squeezed lime juice Mm -hmm. and i mean i had to you know, we had to jump through all these hoops. You know, not only did you take a barn and turn it into a wedding venue, now we've got to take, you know, high-end specialty cocktails and make them in a barn that we turned into a wedding venue. Yep. Uh, so, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it, but that's fun, though. It's challenging. I mean, it's yeah. it's something that's unique and different uh, that we really enjoy doing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Do people want you to do that? Like, do the signature drinks? Is that, like, are there new trends for... The upcoming year in like drinks and mixology and cocktails and there's some cool shit i've seen
1: there really is um we see There are a lot of different ways you can do it you know some people want to do specially cocktails for just the first hour of the event yeah um you know they want to just feature something and then everybody else can go to go to drink and whatever else they would normally drink throughout the rest of the evening Mm -hmm. um and then you have people that want to select like a uh, very basic signature cocktail Mm -hmm. they want to feature it all night long they might take a vodka cranberry and add some fun garnishes Mm -hmm. and then name it after their dog uh, we actually see we see a lot of that. Like, yeah. You know, people taking like their favorite drinks, and naming it after their pets and animals and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's even more fun too because our portable bars that we actually use, mm-hmm. um, we have a large format vinyl cutter in our warehouse, mm-hmm. and we can actually take and customize the front panels of all of our bars. That's awesome. So we've taken, you know, like uh, we did a. Uh, wedding at an airplane hangar. So we did like some okay. signature cocktails there and then we had we ended up taking a uh, like a vintage airplane uh-huh. and cutting that out of vinyl and slapping it on the front of the bar and you know that's love so is cool. in the air is on there
0: and yeah. Oh, that's so Yeah, cute. the um,
1: the groom was really really cool. He's actually both the bride and groom were great, but the um, groom is a pilot. So, you know, he it was
0: totally mm-hmm. played into the whole thing then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so fun. Oh, yeah. Like, do you see you, this year, like growth-wise, what do you see the company doing?
1: Uh, I'm almost scared for how much we're about to grow because I no longer have my other full-time job. Um, I now have complete focus on all of this and- So let's
0: talk about that. What was the final like, okay, this is time to choose and go this way and commit full-time. What was that breaking point story? What Um, happened?
1: That was when we started doing 150 events a year and I still had a full-time job and realized that <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't necessarily manage both of them at the same time and, and give all of my full attention to all of the clients and all of the stuff that actually needed to happen. Yeah. Um, I had some awesome people in place that were helping out tremendously with a lot of the stuff and then now you know, I'm able to at least focus on that and, mm-hmm. and grow the business um, going, going from there. Um, We've changed some of the things that we do and Mm -hmm. we're now also offering some some different upgrade options and a whole lot of stuff that um, We weren't necessarily offering before because you know, we just didn't have time to do it But now, you know, the world is your oyster essentially. I mean, yeah, there's almost almost too much customization that we can do Uh,
0: Yeah, it can get it can get a little nutty Sometimes it's just too much. It's like okay. Let's pick and choose Let's not do like everything because it's just too overstimulating for people.
1: It really is. I mean, especially when you're doing um, an event bar, you know, you want to kind of, you want to give that the guests a good amount of options, but you don't want to overload them with options because at that point, you know, they're, they're going to walk up, they're going to see a massive menu and all of these things. And they're still going to say, you know, oh, just give me a Miller Lite. Oh, just give me a Bud Light. Like you just gave them too many options. Like, I know that's too much. Like I'm just going to select one thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so not, don't give too many options, mm. but in life, right, it's just not, a but think of it. If you walk up to a bar and there's too many options, not only does it stall the line, mm-hmm. that's where I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the logistics of like, no, and we're not putting a cute little sign just down here. I'm like, we're going to put a, a big cute sign up here. So if people, first off, it's like, I, I don't like lines, but it's like, how do you avoid them? when you're doing like mixology and like all this special stuff, which is so fun and so cool, Mm -hmm. but do do clients, do you guide them through that? Like we need one per this, if you're going to have this type, because if you're just doing beer and wine, you might not need the same thing that you need if you have people making specialty drinks, right? Absolutely. It may not take as long.
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, as part of our process with our clients, we actually go through and, um, you know, we give them a questionnaire to figure out, you know, what they want to serve, you know, mm-hmm. what, what their vision is. And then we take all of that information and then, you know, we actually calculate the amount of alcohol needed based off of what they want to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a big common misconception um, and, you know, all depending on prices like throughout the country. But what we see in, in this area specifically um, is a lot of times people think that beer and wine is cheaper.
0: This is a big myth. Big man it is this not is good.
1: actually cheaper um, you know one serving of alcohol you know when it comes to a beer is uh, a 112 ounce beer at like four and a half five percent mm-hmm. um, which is the same as one 12 ounce or I'm sorry one five ounce glass of wine mm-hmm. is the same as uh, one and a half ounces of an 80 proof spirit if you take for example you know a brand of vodka like a hot you know a, a decent mid-range vodka like something like um smirnoff mm-hmm. if you have smirnoff vodka right now i think in ohio anyway it's 14.99 a liter you can get uh 22 and a half 22 and a half one and a half ounce shots out of that so close enough to round it up to 24 let's yeah. call it 24. you get 24 beers in a case yeah 24 24 miller light bud light coors light right now i think they're all cans are 22 or 23.99 and then bottles are 25.99 per case. So realistically so you're yeah, you're $10 cheaper on buying a bottle of Smirnoff vodka than you are buying a case of a uh-huh. domestic light beer.
0: I've never looked at it that way mm-hmm. at all.
1: Kegs aren't actually cheaper either. They used to be, they're not anymore.
0: So why is that?
1: Um, I'm not entirely sure on the pricing model for the way that they do a lot of that stuff. Um, You know, a lot of control states, um, Ohio, Mm -hmm. Michigan, um, Indiana is a little bit different, but a lot of them are control states. So Mm -hmm. like everything in the state of Ohio is um, every high proof spirit above 42 proof is all owned and regulated by the state of Ohio. So they set all the prices, everything that you see on shel- on the shelf in the liquor store is on consignment. Nothing to do with it. Nope.
0: It's in Tennessee. The, and, and again, if you travel and do events in every state and every city, even if you get into the city county, is different. And their rules are different. And, and the venues are different. Yeah. And so you all can go into venues and do what you do. Like they allow you to come in. Mm-hmm and not every place does that, but do you think that's because of the liability?
1: Um, Not only the liability, but also, you know, so if they're, you know, in most states, a lot of the uh, liquor licenses are tied to brick and mortar establishments. So it's only inside these walls that you can serve. You can't take it off the premise. You can't take it, you know, you can't just, you know, pour some, I mean, now the laws have changed with COVID and everything else. A lot of places are allowing to go stuff and whatever else with it, you know, if you operate within the, the eyes of the law um but you know we go anywhere that doesn't already have a liquor license on site so anybody Mm -hmm. that already has a liquor license on site would typically um, already have a staff they have their own liability insurance they have all of that and they're Mm -hmm. they're a full-blown operating you know uh they've got they usually have catering they usually have you know full bar and and everything um we go to places where clients can provide all of their own alcohol Mm -hmm. Uh, we just provide the rest of the service so all of the Mm -hmm. portable bars and you know ice and cups, straws, napkins, mixers, I mean literally everything other than the alcohol because there's just no such thing as a mobile liquor license in so right. many different states. So the only thing that that means is we can't actually just purchase the alcohol at wholesale costs and then resell it to the clients, yeah. which ends up saving the client a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And then they're also able to take all of the leftover alcohol home at the end of the night, which mm-hmm. if you're paying X amount of dollars for an open bar at a venue that you know has everything on site. Mm-hmm you're not taking the extra home. They they net the difference. Right. They're, they're putting that in their pocket.
0: Right. And I mean, there's pros and cons to everything. But mm-hmm. one important thing to note is when you have your business and you're trying to figure out like who's your target market and who's your perfect client. And right off the bat, it's like, where where where's your event? Mm-hmm. And depending on where that is, then that's gonna dictate if you guys go there or not. Yeah. So that's just like one pre-qualifying, pre-qualifying thing. So I don't know, we have some clients that are, they'll have a great experience somewhere and then they're like, oh, but they've signed a contract with someplace else, like a venue. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, but I want that company and those people and, you know, to do all these cool things. And then I'm like, oh, well, they don't allow outside, Uh, you know, and they don't understand the general consumer. They're not thinking about the liability and they're not thinking of all the things as to why it is the way that it is do you have people that contact you and you're just like, oh, I can't because we're not, we can't, we don't work there.
1: Um, every once in a while, uh, a lot of times we're getting, uh, referrals from the venues that, you know, don't have that on okay. site already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but m- every once in a while, we'll get, uh, an inquiry from somebody who did either didn't know, or, mm-hmm. you know, that they didn't read everything, yeah. you know, before they, before they signed their contract. So they're yep. like, oh, you guys already have the staff on site. We can't bring in a caterer. So they, they didn't necessarily do their homework before they right. reached out to us on, on what they were trying to do.
0: And you, you know, it actually recently happened to us that another planner was planning a wedding something happened and it was a destination. And then it ended up, their designer contacted me and she's like, we need somebody to come in and fix this. And she told me where it was. And then she sent me the vendor list and She's a client of ours. It's the only reason we entertained, stepping in and helping, just with the situation, and which normally we would not do because it just, it's a big mess. But we went to the final meeting, the only meeting that I sat in with a long list of everything. I'm like, how is this happening and this happening when this venue doesn't, they don't do this. Like, like You can't. It's illegal. You can't bring in all of these things but because of the cultural differences and the different types of food and things like that, which it was more about food, but some of it was alcohol too. I'm like, no, we can't do this. This is not, they're not, they're gonna, but what had happened is another planner in another state who didn't know the laws where I'm from, Mm -hmm. had planned some things and it was a big effing mess. Mm -hmm. It was a big mess. And I mean, luckily we were able to all collaborate and like get it together, you know, two weeks before the event for a wedding. But those are the types of educational things that seem so simple to us. But when we don't educate the client, we don't tell them these things, and we just go planning things, it's, it's like that planner wasn't trying to do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. She just didn't know, which tells me how many weddings she's planned because right. you don't know the questions to ask. So just because somebody has, like, a pretty Instagram or all these cool things, like, with all these drinks and all these fancy things, like... You gotta know what you're doing. Absolutely. And you and that takes experience and it takes time. So what is your what is your favorite if you had to like give one recipe as we wrap up of like this is our favorite drink, this is this is my company's signature drink. Like, do you have one? Like what would it be?
1: Um and what's it called? I have a really hard time picking something like that because typically like bartenders, I mean, in my personal experience and like all of my friends and everything else um bartenders are lazy drinkers I mean yeah? like, give me bourbon on the rocks okay. I mean I will do something very very simple or like a Kentucky mule or yeah. just something so simple because when I'm personally making it like when I'm not working for somebody else mm-hmm. like I just want it to be simple like I don't yeah. want like I just want to enjoy the taste I want to enjoy like a, yeah. a, a good bourbon or like a good I, actually, I also really really like tequila yeah uh really like tequila and um you know, I'll just drink tequila on the rocks with a little splash of yeah. lime, maybe a little bit of mineral water, uh, you know, but other than that, I mean, I usually just keep it absolutely simple for, yeah. for what I'm trying to do because I don't want to break out, you know, all the pomp and circumstance for yeah. for something that I'm just, you know, I'm just going to have one or two good drinks and, yeah. yeah.
0: Have you done all the tequila tasting in Mexico?
1: Um, I actually, so I fly hot air balloons as a hobby. And what?
0: I just rode in my my first hot air balloon in Egypt. It was anyway. You tell the story. So it was crazy.
1: (laughs) So I've been um, traveling. You
0: fly them.
1: So I've been traveling with my buddy Jordan. Uh, We've been going down to Leon, Mexico, uh, which is in central Mexico. Um, Have become really good friends with some people down there, and we actually this past November had a fantastic opportunity with one of our crew members. Um, he took us out to his family property where we actually went out to the agave fields. Um, oh, light shared light. an incredible meal together. Uh, just, it, just the whole thing was incredible. I mean, the, the uncle owns the property. Uh, Luis, Danny's brother, um, you know, manages the fields and everything else. And then his cousin uh, is the one that makes the tequila. Uh, just That's super, so cool. super cool experience. And uh, they make some really good, really high-end tequila.
0: And you went up and down to the hot air balloon?
1: Yeah, we've been flying there for we go down for the same event um like i said i think this was my this this year this coming november will be my eighth year down there
0: i never realized how i mean duh that the weather it really depends on the weather with the hot air balloons well so i've signed up for years you know and all these different trips that i'm on and stuff like there's a hot air balloon because i want to get the aerial shot right Mm -hmm. i want it to look like a drone is soaring over the city that i'm in And so I always sign up, but then the first one that I actually got to go, because the weather was always bad, and you had to get up at 3.30 in the morning for Mm the sun, I'm like, oh my God, you know, you already heard me say I'm not a morning person. But this day in Egypt recently, it was like, okay, the weather is cooperating, and today is the day that I actually get to go up in a hot air balloon. But I was like half asleep, you know, riding there, and what what I was told was gonna be this luxury hot air balloon experience. You kind of like make things up in your head, and so what I was thinking was going to happen and then what actually happened I'm like oh my god uh-huh. first off the balloons are flipping huge yep
1: and you were probably you had probably what, like 12
0: to... Oh, there how? were 30 people. Oh, that was a big there basket, There were three big, big baskets.
1: Big basket, big balloon. And
0: so we are shipped over to this island. Like you, like all the. it was like a scene off Breaking Bad, kind of. And then, um, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it kind of was like just uncomfortable. So we're just like going, all these vans, and there's like hundreds of people that do this like three times a week. Mm-hmm. That just go ride balloons. Yeah, it was a lot of people. Then you get on these boats, these little bitty boats, and you have to be taken on a boat to this little island where all these balloons are. And it, it was just, um, it was hot. Yep. <laughs> like, it was hot. In fact, I had a viral TikTok for doing a dance in the hot air balloon. Oh, I, I mean, I wasn't really like dancing that much. Like, and it wasn't even my idea, it was someone else's idea on that. They're like, Angela, let's do this. And I was like, okay. And a girl freaked out. She freaked Freaked. She fl- and it, we weren't even like moving. It was just I was like, we're just moving our bodies, and it's mm-hmm. over in 13 seconds. I mean, she flipped, and she was like in another basket. I don't know. It, and then her, um, I felt so sorry, but she was having a panic attack, and her husband, like a, another man, went on there, and then her husband were like trying to talk her down and then her kids were like it was a mess it was just a mess so it's like why do people make those decisions to go up in a balloon if they she she was like i'm just afraid of heights i mean we weren't making the balloon do that no, no, it wasn't no. us like it it was just like the tip of the iceberg for her mm-hmm. and then once we started rocking back and forth and she was like oh my god but have you encountered that? where people act like that um
1: i personally i mean everybody that i've ever flown with has always been extremely comfortable yeah Uh, but i'm also not flying in a basket with 30 people um usually (laughs) i mean usually we're in smaller baskets smaller balloons um so we you know at most i mean we'll have three four people in the basket
0: so so. it was not safe what we were doing probably
1: oh no Every all of that was totally safe it was just (laughs) a matter of that one person who was already uncomfortable with it in the first place yeah. that you know the, that was just a bit of a trigger for them that like yeah. they became real uncomfortable because they're uh-huh. they're just nervous in the first place
0: yeah and so i was just like oh my gosh i'm so sorry and her husband was like it's not your fault blah 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 and i'm like Oh, wow. I mean, we went from, like, here to here, but it was just that breaking point. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so they decided to end, like, end early and, like, bring it down. And I think, I'm pretty sure where we landed was not at all where we should have landed. Well, you always know where
1: you're going to start. You never know where you're going to land.
0: But, like, in the, I mean, these, these, every, it was, like, taller than me. Like, one of the guys was like, do you want to ride on my back to get out of this? I was like, yes, I don't want my feet tight. I mean, I'm allergic to outside, pretty much. I'm like, I can't touch any of these plants. I'm going to break out. I'm going to itch all over. It was like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a great experience once we were up there. But then, like, what a beautiful thing to do. Like, you just feel so, like, carefree.
1: Mm -hmm. uh, I was lucky enough that my aunt won a raffle. Um, Her daughter didn't want to go with her. She took me. And then, come the, so the house that I told you I bought, uh-huh. um, I actually bought it from the pilot that I went on my first balloon ride with.
0: That's so cool. Just
1: small world, just random. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How
0: everything comes full circle. It's a great way to end. Thank you so much. And thank you for being part oh, thank of this you. event. And I'm excited for tomorrow. Absolutely. If people want to get in touch with you and connect with you, what's the best way? Uh,
1: you can reach out to us on uh, our Premier Pour bartending website, which is just premierpour.com.
0: And we'll put it in the show notes so you guys can check it out. Y'all have a cool Instagram.
1: Thank you. And so if you want to
0: go and follow along and get some drink ideas and just, like, fun things. And your bars are cute. Oh, thank you very much. Like, I like how y'all do all, like, yeah, we were looking at all the custom stuff. Customization stuff. It's really neat. yeah. Yeah, custom is good. And it makes it memorable. So it's, like, just take a step further of, like, making memories. And then it's a great story. People understand the why. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye, y'all. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I wanna know your aha moments. Until next week, remember,